0: Clitorati, we have a very exciting guest today. She is a world-renowned intimacy coach known as the Kink Shrink. She specializes in breaking down the basics of how to hook up while managing expectations and setting boundaries, and we love that here. She empowers women to take control of and celebrate their sexuality by helping them explore their fantasies and juggle multiple partners. And in her her book, Hookup Without Heartbreak, How to Feel Empowered After Casual Sex, she gives step-by-step directions to the women who want to be the best at exploring their sexual prowess. So please welcome Leah Holmgren. Hi Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I, I'm to, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right off
0: of the bat. Third
1: time is the charm with you in so many ways. This episode, we wanted to manifest this episode so hard. So like we've been having like, this is our third time doing the intro and it was definitely the best. And our third time trying to record this episode. So we are so excited to have you here. And we are so excited about the content of your book because I've never heard it quite said like that, hookup without heartbreak. And I think it's something that so many people can relate to. I know that I have definitely hooked up with heartbreak before. And I want to know what really, what inspired you to write this book?
2: I think that uh, number one, to have enough of my own pain. <laughs> and then also seeing all, all the women I knew as friends, girlfriends, and my clients, they were heartbroken after hookups. So I was collecting yeah. ideas for many years. And then when COVID hit, I decided to write them down and create a beautiful guide. For women. I love that. Yeah. And for That's men great. Too.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I know we're gonna get to that. <laughs> so um there's a quote at the beginning of your book that I really that we really loved. And it's humans can turn suffering into art. Um, and one of the things is when we first started this podcast, we really went through a journey of reclaiming the word pussy and really transmuting the definition of that for us through our. Our, our savior, Mama Gina. Shout out to her, Pussy Reclamation, if you haven't read the book. Um, and really starting to own our own voice openly and exploring our sexuality. And that's something that I can really relate to because I, before this podcast, had moments where I was single and experienced hookup with heartbreak. And then I would say I had an experience after doing this podcast. I was single and I was able to own it in such a different way. So... Why did you start this book with that particular quote? I want to know.
2: Well, because as I said, I had a lot of pain in my life and um, just writing about it, you know, helps. And um, I think that a lot of art is coming from pain. If you look at paintings, if you look at poetry, that's the, the amount of, of of these creations that come from someone being hurt. It's mm. That's why I wrote it because I think... That's why I was writing this book and, and I wrote three books, which I only published this one, but all of them were written from some kind of pain. And, you know, it's also like cathartic when you do it, you write it and you let it go. It's better than talking to a therapist and then, you you, you know, you just process the experience better. Yeah,
1: I could definitely relate to that. Like having gone through, we've all gone through a lot of personal stuff on this podcast. This podcast, I guess, is kind of our art and... You know, I personally went through a breakup, and and having community to share an art around it made it totally different. I don't know if Katie or Sugar, you guys can relate to that as well.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) You kidding me?
3: (laughs) I feel like we've really been on a a journey um, in our sisterhood of turning our our pain into pleasure, which is so interesting because those that's kind of the they're the same coin but different sides. Pain and
0: pleasure. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely been many times I've come on this show and haven't really wanted to reveal my pain. And then every time I do, and it takes like we call uh, vulnerable shares, like being vulnerable and courageous, there is this release and this opening just by speaking it or writing it into uh, our community Mm -hmm. um, that is really healing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. that that is so well said, Katie, it, because and, and I do think, and this is something that you're doing, Leah, right? Like when we are vulnerable about the pain or suffering or something hard that we've gone through, other people can relate to it. And I think that's the beauty of your book, Leah, right? Like you really were able to transmute something that was very painful and be vulnerable with it. What had you want to share this with other women and be vulnerable about it? Uh, can you repeat, please? Yeah. So what had you... Like your book mm-hmm. obviously comes from a really vulnerable place, yeah. right? So what had you want to be open about that with other women? Like what was your commitment in writing this book? What did you want to leave women with?
2: You know, I think that if we don't open up and don't show our real character and who we are and how we feel, then we can't really help others. The same with King. Like it took me a long time to to actually go public with being... a dominatrix in the past and and, and Mm. king coach it was very painful very difficult but I realized if I'm not going to be open about it then I will not have other people trusting me like Mm. I have the experience and I've been around that industry and and around people and I like king myself so I think I had to take this um I I have to just open up about it and the same with the with the hookups if I'm going to pretend I never hook up I'm, I'm not Loving casual sex. How are the women going to feel comfortable around me when they want to come for coaching or if they want to read my book? Mm. So did, I took one did for the team. A... <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So did did
1: being a dominatrix in a way help you to discover like what's in your book about how to hook up without heartbreak? Did that have an impact on it? Just a little bit.
2: Um, I think... <laughs> okay. I think it, it helped me to love myself more for sure. It helped me mm-hmm. to value myself more and be more demanding when it comes to, to man and what I want, what I expect. Because before mm-hmm. I was a dominatrix, men used to, were using me more and I was always too sweet. And I did not mm-hmm. have boundaries. And a amazing part of being a dominatrix is you have very strict boundaries. And not only you, even the mm-hmm. people coming to you because it's a very sensitive topic. And you can hurt people not in a psychological way, but in the physical way. So people respond to that really well. And they understand if I'm not going to have clear boundaries, uh, I might end up really badly in the session. And for me also, because I don't know this guy. So I have to be very strict about what is allowed, what is not. Uh, Domination is not prostitution. I'm not offering sex. The man can touch me there. You know, I don't do any of that. So I have to be very strict. And I never was strict like that with guys in my private life. I didn't know how. And the work taught me how to be strict with men and how to know what I want, be kind, but strict. And that's how I was dominating men. I was very kind. I respected their boundaries, but I wanted them to respect mine. And that taught me to to be a better, I mean, hooking up better too, because you have the boundaries and the communication has to be very clear. You can come to the to BDSM session and have unclear communication. You just don't get anywhere with that. You know, you have to be yeah. very direct about what you want.
1: I have to be honest Mm. here being kind, but strict. There's something about that combination of words that really turns me on. It's like, you're going to be kind, but strict because I think a lot of times as women, we, we have to, we sort of waver in our boundaries a little bit because we think that's kind, but the Mm. word strict, like there's not no way around that. It's like, these are my boundaries, and I that really that's hot. I, l- I love that, that especially that you
0: said in that. a Czechoslovakian accent.
2: Well,
3: in cream latex, might we add, I have never seen someone pull off cream latex.
1: I know. She, wore, oh, yeah, yes. for anyone who's watching us on YouTube, she, or for anyone listening who wants to watch us on YouTube, she is wearing this beautiful cream colored like neck high latex, like, oh my God, and there's a cutout for the cleavage. I'm dead. uh, And then she said it's from Tokyo. Okay, well, girls, we're going to have to do a a Tokyo tour, but we have to only wear latex. It's it's a kinky
2: place. I love it so much.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I'd be fine if this was our workplace uniform. I know. it makes. I feel like we should come wearing
2: latex. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So I don't know if if you've
1: ever heard this, but I know that there's this term thrown around a lot, um, hookup culture. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, How how would you define hookup culture?
2: I think it's the transition that's happening currently for past 10, 15, maybe 20 years. And I mean, casual sex is becoming more acceptable, although it's more acceptable for men, not for women. I mean, we are getting there in LA, New York, but if you think about the rest of the world, it's not really the, the, the case. And hookup culture maybe Miami too. Like They're a pretty... decade ago with all the apps you know, Tinder and Bumble and you name them. So that is contributing to having hookup culture. And people sometimes think about casual sex, like having a Starbucks coffee. So it's, you know, it's just not as, oh my God, you're having sex with someone. It's pretty, it's it's becoming pretty normal. So I think that's the time we live in. But the issue is like, we have all this tech to hook up fast, but we don't have the rules and the boundaries. Uh, and nobody gives mm. the education on how to do it the way that it's pleasant and safe. And now I don't mm. mean like, oh, don't meet stranger, you know, first time in his house. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I think everyone has a common sense and knows, but it's more about the the soul, how, how to protect our souls mm. from, or from, from being hurt in this kind of encounters. How to process the aftermath, especially. Like, mm. and now what? Like well, the, the shame and like, sure, we have hookup culture, but is the, is the, is the culture and the society actually allowing this. Yeah. Oh,
1: very well said. So let's actually let's actually dive into a little bit of the meat of this. And I I love that you said, yes, obviously we have common sense, but this these are the boundaries for your soul. And that oh, when you said that it actually like reverberated through me. And that's let's so let's let's dive into that a little bit for the people our listeners who are listening right now that really are wanting to explore hookup hook culture and are maybe disempowered, what are some things that they can do? Like what when you say boundaries, like what are you really talking about beyond the common sense?
2: To me, boundaries are, first of all, boundaries with myself. So I have to know myself to, to be able to go and hook up with someone. If I know that I'm going to feel terrible afterwards or i felt terrible in, in the past often then i will be smarter about the next hookup and i will know myself better i will not want to make the same mistake again and i will communicate this clearly you know because oftentimes we want to just have sex but we actually deep inside of us are craving something else like attention or intimacy and it's important mm. to know that and then you can establish the real boundaries and say you know what i'm going to see this guy i'm attracted to him but i'm not really into having sex with him I am craving company, connection, watching a movie. And I have to know this and I will communicate it with him because guys get so angry when you, when they expect sex. And then there is a situation where you are watching the movie and sex don't ha- doesn't happen. And then oftentimes women just have sex because they want to have conflict and are too kind. Mm. <laughs> yep. And
3: then
2: we have all the traumas happening, you know. Me too, and yes, yeah. so I like setting and... setting expectations going into yeah. the date. Yeah, but yeah, in order right. to do it, you have we have to know what we really want.
3: First and foremost, absolutely. Yeah. Well, go ahead and sugar. Yeah, and this idea of you know, of, you know, where we may feel obligated, right? right? But from not having a conversation about our boundaries. And keeping that a secret and not being completely honest and truthful about those boundaries. Well, then of course that person's going to feel obligated. Oh, I need to they've been so nice to me and they came over and they cooked me dinner. So I need to give them a blowjob, I guess. Yeah. I know know for me personally, in uh, uh, about a year ago, I got a massive, I had a massive awareness around a blind spot I had. In this exact area where I got so pro at keeping people uh, or the men in my life that I wanted to be friends with close enough where they thought they had a chance so that I wouldn't lose their friendship. But I wouldn't get too close where I would end up hooking up with them. But I'm like, I noticed this sort of control to control the relationship. That showed up for me about about a year ago and something that I've been actively working on. Where do I need to, where am I not speaking my truth? Where am I not saying what's actually there? What's actually there is, hey, I really want to be friends with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we be platonic?
1: That's really insightful. What What are some of the other, you know, you mentioned like, what are the sort of the common mistakes or mishaps that you see most common that people do that sort of get them, into a place where they don't want to be.
2: Well, it's not, not that much about the mistakes, but it's just something we can't really control. Like the yeah. hormones and, and, and the upbringing and our past, even, you know, the, how we are used to do things from thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> So mm. it is kind of an internal fight because rationally we know these things. After someone reads my books then and she, okay. she or he can say, okay, he, I'm acting this way because my hormones are crazy, my oxytocin, or this is how we are uh, programmed to react. And now I have to be strong enough to push my emotions aside and not let them uh, affect me too much. And it's not easy. It's a very difficult task, mm-hmm. but it's, it, I, I believe that awareness is the key. So once I know why I'm acting this way, I at least don't feel like completely retarded because sometimes really I would have sex with someone who was completely not eligible to be my boyfriend or a husband. I consider myself really accomplished and and I would be crazy about the guy who was like, uh, what is he going to offer me in my life? And as, it would be going on for months and I would waste my time and money to to beg this guy to see me again and fly around the country to see these people. And I was like sitting on the flight oftentimes like, am I on drugs or what I'm doing? <laughs> so that's the mistake that, uh, as I said, like I can't really say it's a mistake. It's the nature, but hmm. but we need to be strong. It's you know? unlearning. Yeah. It's
1: unlearning yeah. sort of the culture and the hand yeah. that we've been dealt. And it sounds like it's sort of two things, like unlearning yeah. so that you can create what you want and also being aware. I mean, I... I would sometimes when my hormones are oh, impacting me, terrible. I literally am like floating outside of my body, mm-hmm. watching myself be a bitch, but just can't stop it. Yes. <laughs> like, and it's, hormones are a real thing. I mean, not always,
2: but sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they are. And and I think just in those moments, really, like before you go and out and hook up, write it down and just have it in front of your, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, on your does. On your table or on your mirror, like sticky note. You know, this was a hookup. Oh, forget this guy. Like, throw it away. Throw away the sticky note. Yeah. Next day. Sure, if it was great, great and he so calls you again, that that's fine. But don't don't do things that are against your boundaries. Don't try to reach out to him and like beg him to come and travel to see this guy on your own cost. <laughs> that's <like> the worst.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm hearing a couple of things. Like one, get really clear about what your standards are. Mm-hmm. And don't, and don't allow yourself to spend time with people that are outside of your standards. Yeah. And then when you say write it on a post-it, are, are you talking about actually writing down what you're willing to do on the date? Or what do you mean by that exactly? Just write
2: down, before you go to the hookup, take a sticky note and write, this is just a hookup. I will not be attached to this guy. I want sex, I want orgasm, and that's it. And just leave the sticky note on the mirror when you come back home from the hookup, you have it there, you have it there and you leave it there as long as you need. Or if you feel like you can't let go, maybe just like throw it away as, as something that it was an experience and it's done and I move on because sometimes we need the reminder We've been
0: doing clit talk for a while now, over 200 episodes to date, and we have had an influx of new clitorati and we still have our consistent OG clitorati tuning in every week. So we've created a free gift for you. It's called Clit Talk Cliff Notes, the no BS guide to self-pleasure and sexual intimacy.
3: And we're really giving you our best highlight reel of sex tips. We have combined our top sex hacks to give you confidence, communication, orgasms, and the ability to take your pleasure game from zero to a hundred real quick and... Blow any partner's mind in bed.
0: Included in this bangin' free gift is two free audio trainings. Self-pleasure is self-love. And our hottest sex tips. We also have unreleased episodes uh, and a fan favorite from our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass, an erotic visualization, and a video on orgasmic breathing.
3: Oh, yeah. Mm. So, to get a little taste of what we do here, you definitely want to sign up for Clit Talk Cliff Notes. Just go to clittalkshow.com backslash guide, because Clitorati, it is possible to have quantum leaps in your sex and empowerment with simple and impactful shifts.
0: We need the reminder. And so, you need and to be kind. You need to be kind and strict with yourself exactly. as well. And that's really and difficult. Hearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I know I know
1: the whole post-it note thing is wildly turning Katie on right now. Katie is a yeah. huge fan of post-it notes. She gave me like a Costco sized packet of post-it notes for my birthday. Both,
0: both of them. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Sent one to sugar too. Yeah, um
2: I'm love too. Muted.
1: <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. And I think that's great. And I'm just thinking about the people who are listening. And I'm I've definitely been one of those people in the past who start to catch feelings, even though you know better. Do you have any advice? for people who are really, who, who kind of like start to have feelings even when they know it's wrong? How do you snap yourself out of it when you catch feelings really easily?
2: So if the guy's not really responsive, I think that's easy, easier, you know, because once you don't see someone for two weeks, three weeks, it's kind of wearing off. The worst part is if they're keeping us like, okay, maybe. There is always this maybe, you know. So yeah. I don't think more for women. They are struggling. Like if everything goes well and a guy's a great obedient boy toy and you can call him when you need to, that's fine. But if you struggle and he's not replying or he keeps you in this like, you know, like this this funk that you don't know what's going to happen next, then that's that's why I wrote the book mostly for these situations. Mm. And
1: just like... And so, and so Yeah. And so what's like one or like what, what's one or two things that people could do if they're in that? Because like, it's kind of like they, have you ever, on How I Met Your Mother, they had this thing. It's like, you're on the hook.
2: Yes, on the hook. Yeah. They, they communicate just enough to make you yeah. think that
1: there's potential. Yeah,
2: fair, but guys do it all the time. So I just like to go and fuck someone else. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with hey. you. I mean, yeah. like, like literally it helps to find find different object of interest. And I'm not suggesting Mm -hmm. to go from one guy to the other, but it oftentimes helps. Just find a fun, interesting guy or someone you can flirt with, go out with him, you know? Like, I like to to keep multiple guys on rotation because if I get too overwhelmed with one, I have another one. Or girls, if if someone (coughs) is bisexual or lesbian. And, And yeah, I think that that really helps. And then, of course, loving yourself. Do something fun for yourself, you know? Do meditation, just understanding that this was an experience and everything ends. And that's how life is. Everything has a cycle. Everything has ending. Like we can't expect that That things will be forever. Yeah.
0: I can only imagine you have like these lineup of men that you're like circulating and you're in communication with them about like, you are my fuck toy. Like there's nothing else (laughs) happening beyond here because I wrote a post-it and it said it's not happening. Unless, you know, something changes down the line. Like that just probably keeps them coming (sighs) back. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it makes me yeah. so desirable, yeah. I feel like. Love men love it. I mean, what could be better?
2: You know, like for guys, if the sex is great, of course, guys told me a couple of things why they would never come back to, to a woman. But if the sex is great and the woman is not clingy and not like showing them all these emotions, they come back all the time. But I also believe if you really fall in love, then it's important to tell him and also break it up. Because if I know that there is no chance First of all, like if the guy's not someone I could end up mm. with or if he doesn't want me, then I don't want to be wasting my time too much because every time I'm going to have sex with him, it's going to get worse. Yeah, um, you break up the hookup. Yeah. And then it's like I get more attached to and more fall. attached and suddenly you're in like one-sided relationship. Mm.
1: I have to say this is really true and what I'm discovering in this conversation is there is an energetic mental and emotional shift from. I would say, hooking up inside of what we would call sort of a patriarchal paradigm versus sexually empowered. And I've had both experiences, you know, pre-clit talk and post-clit talk. You know, during clit talk, there was a moment where I was single in between my relationships. And there was a genuine shift in me. In the past when I dated, I would be that girl that would get really emotionally attached. And what I uncovered was it was... I felt like I had to pretend or, or actually get attached because that meant that I was like a pure woman or I couldn't have sex on the first date because that would make me a slut. It was really important to me to occur as wife material and not as a slut, right? Mm-hmm. But then after Clip Talk, and, and I had a lot of guys being like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And you know, it was like normal dating. So after Clip Talk, when I went and I was single, and I did, you can't do this as a manipulation. I think it has to be very genuine, I genuinely felt sexually empowered and just wanted to have fun. I was going to sex parties as a single girl. I was hooking up with guys. I was telling them, I'm just looking for a hookup buddy. Everybody wanted to be my boyfriend. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Now that I just want to hook up with you, you all are trying to date me. And so there's, there's some validity to it. And I couldn't, at the time, I couldn't figure it out. But now that I'm talking to you, it totally makes sense.
2: Yeah, because it's drama-free, you know? Like, a sexy woman who is great in bed and is offering non-strings-attached relationships. It's amazing. I mean, it's every man's dream at the beginning. And that's when they also fall in love the fastest way because they think, oh my God. Like, I had the biggest... I mean, now I'm not doing... I'm not hooking up anymore. I've been with someone for many years. But but when I used to, um, you know, the biggest players that they would have every other day, someone else would like... Be, keep returning to me and then at some point after a couple of years they said you know from all these women I decided to be with you I said well but guess what <laughs> I don't want to be with you <laughs> mm. but it was fascinating that I was like wow I never told this guy would ever settle and they would offer that but there were also men that they said you know I'm too cold for them that they just cannot sleep with me when I tell them I just want sex with them of course there were guys mm. that were more emotional I mean they always would have the sex with me but but they were complaining about it. It's with lots of relationship. Yeah, you never yeah. know. People want what they don't yeah. have. It's, it's more. I have more. a
3: question for you. Yeah. When 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 sex is taken off the table, do you find that with your clients and your experiences that men actually gain more interest?
2: When sex is off the table, like if they yeah. want to just be with someone as a friend, I don't
3: think I can. Or the. Hmm. Yeah, like when it's like, Hey, we're we're not gonna this is not happening the first oh, night we well, hang out. Yeah, of course. And it's taken
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They wanna like guys are that's that's what men do. They try to push the the envelope. You know, they try to they try to break the rules and push the boundaries and it gives them even more fun because when they expect they're gonna have fun, they lose the interest.
3: You know? Right, it sounds, it sounds like there's a psychological yeah. component to yeah. there and you are the, you are yeah. coined the kink shrink. But not all
2: guys are like that. They're all, truly men and that when you say I don't want sex, they will respect it. They will mm-hmm. not fight for You know.
1: I think that, you know, all these rules, like, I think it, it depends on the people, right? I've heard yeah. don't have sex till the 10th date. I've heard don't have sex till the 3rd date. I've heard I met my husband having sex on the first date. I think it's I think it's more about what you were pointing to having boundaries and really having standards and knowing what works for you. Like I'm currently with a partner, we started as hookup buddies. I know for women who've done that, it doesn't work for them. So I really think it is your intention behind it.
2: Yeah, and things change. Look, we are fluid. It, as I always said, yeah. it doesn't mean when you're going into something and you want one thing, and it can change over time. We're human beings. We have emotions and everything is changing all the time. So you can adjust as you go. And so I said yeah. you might be in a hookup relationship with someone, then you fall in love and you need to state it because maybe he fell in love too. Or maybe he says, you yeah. know what, uh, this is never going to happen and then you can make a decision. So you have to always check. It's like almost having a board meeting, you know. <laughs> With yourself and with someone. But yeah, you know, absolutely. the thing when you ask sugar, it's, it's difficult because I personally, I'm very direct. I'm European. I don't like this, this. I don't like sugar coating things. I don't like playing games. Like for me, it's really difficult. Um, and when I tell to a man, I'm not interested to have sex, I'm not interested to have sex. You know what I mean? So if he's trying to push and have sex, I get really aggressive on him. Like I get really angry. And I don't know if I want to see him again. Like, I get truly upset because I clearly stated I don't want to have sex. I and mean, he's trying. That's kind of lame, in my opinion. So I would not use it as a t- t- technique to get someone's attention or stuff like that. But there are some guys that, you know, I don't know. As you said, it depends on what you want and what the woman wants, if she wants to play this mm. route. Mm.
1: Well, speaking, speaking of men, (laughs) um, we do have a a male, we do have about like 20 to 30% of our listeners are men on this show. And I know that you do have a chapter in your book specifically for men. Can you tell us, do you have any advice for them um, to navigate this realm of wealth, wealth? We've... Wealth, life, yeah. <laughs> to navigate this realm of life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if, I mean, for all the, for all of our male listeners who are listening,
2: yeah. So the book has four parts. The first one is solely for women. The second one uh, is interesting mm-hmm. for both, and fourth one is for men solely. And then um, I think that every guy should read this book because it explains the biology, neurobiology, the, the, the hormones, the, the history, and where are we all coming from as human be- humans. And I think once guys know why women act a certain way, they will be more patient and more understanding, in my opinion, because they don't know. Like oftentimes guys said, you know, I met this really great girl, we had great time, and then she became clingy or she's too emotional. And I don't like when guys say that because we we are different than them and sometimes we can't control this so I give them advice mm. how to deal with those situations how to be kind how to also not hurt women not not cause them trauma because you can get traumatized through two, three, bad hookup experiences you know, it creates limiting beliefs for the future and then, you know, you might think oh, all the hookups are bad and what did I do and I'm dirty and this and that so guys don't want to do it because if they do it to too many women who are they going to be hooking up with? <laughs> So, yeah, right. I, I actually have a lot of male uh, clients. A lot of men are buying my book, actually. I think it's almost 50 50 to women. Oh, awesome. Mm. Yeah. Because, as I said, like the first chapter is very girly. So, I think guys would get bored with the sex stories. But, but, um, I find it fascinating to know how we humans lived in the past. We were actually all non-monogamous and then suddenly we became monogamous. And now I almost feel like we are trying to go back to the non-monogamy, but we have all these rules in the society that it's very difficult and challenging. Yeah.
0: We talk about non-monogamy a lot on this show. (laughs) We did. And we did a whole season on Sex at Dawn, which really explores what you're just talking about with agriculturalism and changing over from non-monogamy to a monogamous culture.
2: But isn't it interesting? I think the monogamy, non-monogamy is so closely linked to money. I love talking about money. I mean, my whole day, I'm basically working in finance. And then when I have free time, I'm I'm writing sex books and do coaching. But uh, I am around money a lot. And I think when we had no problem with food and with resources, we were all just having sex with everyone. And then suddenly women became property of men because they didn't have mm-hmm. the power to have their own land and take care of themselves and now again like women are becoming more independent so they are having more casual sex and they're open to more non-monogamy than before I feel like it's very interesting to see it's like I think women oftentimes would, would have a problem if, if, if the man or they would be scared that the man leaves if they're dependent on him financially but if the mm-hmm. woman is not depending on the man financially then she can decide about different things and I I love it Mm. it's interesting yeah
1: very well said well your book sounds fascinating and um, I would love so if there's one tip from your book that you think all of our listeners should know what would it be?
2: one tip? yeah oh my god there are so
3: many good tips okay give me a couple of seconds okay fair enough um
2: (laughs) I just really think that the mindset is the most important. Change your mindset about sex. It's sex, nothing else. It's there to be, it's there for pleasure, for feel good. Mm. It's a tool for you to have an orgasm, be healthy, feel great. And that's how it should be perceived. I love that. Very well said. Amazing.
1: Thank you so much for coming on and having this um, really empowered conversation around what is possible you know, around heartbreak and hookups and being empowered in your hookups. I highly recommend if you're single, having a power a power hookup session <laughs> it phase in your life because it's, it's, I don't regret it. <laughs> um, and um, so where, so um, tell us where our listeners can connect with you on socials, where can they buy your book? Um, what's the best way to continue to follow you in, in, in all of your future endeavors?
2: All right. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's Leah Holmgren. Um, and the book is on Amazon and Barnes Noble and pretty much at this point internationally from Australia, Canada, France, Germany. So I think Amazon is the easiest one to buy. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's Hookup Without Heartbreak.
2: Hookup Without it? Heartbreak. How to
1: Feel Empowered After Casual Sex. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. I can't wait to go out and read the book. Thank you, guys. Um <laughs> And um, with that, Clitorati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye
0: bye. If you liked this and are curious about our Clit Talk curriculum, we have a waitlist for our upcoming free workshops and our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass in 2022. Nothing like starting the new year guided by pleasure. Sign up for the waitlist to come tap into your pussy sanctuary with Katie, myself, Sugar, and Lindsay at www.clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist. That's ClitTalkShow.com backslash wait